Bonjour. At On The Left Side, we are getting ready for the excitement of France 2016. So, benvenue sur la côte gauche. Le football baldo alternative. You're about to be guided through all the footballing news that you didn't know that you wanted to know. But first, spare a thought for RB Leipzig manager Ralf Rangnick. He won promotion for his team into the Bundesliga, and whilst running to celebrate his success on the pitch, he managed to tear his hamstring and ended up on the floor in agony. So I ask you, who is the wiser manager? Rangnick, who brought success to his team and suffered the consequences, or Remy Gard? who sagely avoided the risk of such an incident. Hmm? Makes you think, doesn't it? Right, let's get going. On this week's show, a lesson for anyone who wants to start a career in PR. The Black Cats use yet another of their nine lives. But first, a good old East End party. Aston Villa, Newcastle and Norwich City that we waved goodbye to from the ivory tower of the Premier League this week. It was also an old stalwart. West Ham said goodbye to their home of 112 years as they prepared for life next season at the Olympic Stadium. And they did it with a right old Cockney knees up, assuming that a traditional Cockney knees up involves beating the crap out of a bus. Yep, as Manchester United made their way to the bowling ground, they were set upon by some of the Hammers faithful who weren't so much forever blowing bubbles as currently throwing bottles. Who threw that? Of course, it wasn't all excitement outside the bus. It was all kicking off inside the bus too, with the United players handling the grave situation with the maturity and calmness that you'd expect from a group of kids on a school trip to a safari park when a monkey starts simultaneously pulling off a windscreen wiper and knocking one out on the bonnet of the minibus. To me, you and most right-thinking people, it's pretty obvious who was to blame for the incidents, but not to West Ham chairman David Sullivan. He wanted to point the finger, and he pointed it squarely at a tardy Manchester United. Man United should have got me up four o'clock. They know it's our last game. They had the same problem at Tottenham a few weeks ago. I'd make them kick off at 7.45 if I was in charge. Yeah, they should have used that special setting on the sat-nav. Yeah, you know, the one that lets you pick an alternative route around any c**ts throwing bottles. That one. Your chosen route is 45 minutes longer and includes 25 knobheads. But eventually everything got underway. There was the small inconvenience of a game of football to get through, followed by around 54 hours of non-stop celebrating of what apparently is the first football club in history to move grounds, and there was enough lights and lasers to make Upton Park look like Glitzy's nightclub on a Friday. Your name's not down, you're not coming in. In fact, the celebrations were probably more in keeping if West Ham had won the treble rather than just moving house a few miles down the road. I'm pretty sure the club spent more on fireworks for their closing ceremony than it's costing them to play in the Olympic Stadium for the whole of next season. And that's not a gag. But in amongst the holiday camp entertainment, there were a few bona fide legends hanging about who were all paraded into the ground in a series of black caps. Which amazingly, Harry Redknapp resisted the urge to hang out the window of whilst giving an interview. No, no, there's no big one, I'm afraid. But with such amazing, legendary names in the stadium, who did Sky Sports host and West Ham fan Bianca Westwood choose to speak to? Mm -hmm. Carlton Cole, Marlon Harewood and Anton Ferdinand. Yeah, why bother with European Championship holders, World Cup winners and FA Cup lifters when you can have a chat with a defender that's just been released by QPR, eh? 
But for many, it won't be the legends, it won't be the fireworks, it won't even be the pre-game problems. The final memory for most will be the on-field musical tribute from what appeared to be a load of drunk 50-year-olds shouting the words to the club's iconic anthem whilst dancing like your dad after someone slipped a tab of speed into his pint a mile. Like angels. What a lovely legacy for 112 years of football, eh? Please, West Ham, don't move grounds again. I don't have the time to watch it. Hey, football marketing teams, here's an idea. When you're brainstorming new and exciting ways to interact with the club fan base and little Julian thoughtfully takes off his horn-rimmed specs with no lenses, wipes them on his tweed jacket before sitting back and suggesting... Um, how's about we do a player Q&A? Just say no. You'd think they'd learn, but no. And thanks to ESPN, the latest footballing rabbit to get thrust into the full sarcasm headlights of the internet was Arsenal's injury-prone Jack Wiltshire. The very same man who, just this month, tweeted a picture of Manchester United's Holy Trinity statue and the message, This is our club, today and forever. This wasn't going to go well. Here are a few of my favourite questions. At Captain Boo asked, Has your career as a professional NHS patient been interrupted by football? The Spurt said, What's it like playing football with legs made of Weetabix? Whilst Mark Koo 877 proffered, If you were a footballer, what position would you play? Yep, Jack's injury record was certainly a running theme. But there was a bit of variation with Daily Messert asking, What type of shampoo does Steve Bold use? And that was one of the better ones. The Q&A was subsequently cancelled. But Jack will no doubt have the last laugh, proving his fitness to Roy Hodgson before the European Championships, becoming instrumental in the midfield during the warm-up games, before going off injured within the first five minutes of England versus Russia. Oh, Jack, you've done it again. It's been a season of dizzying heights for some, whilst for others, it's been a season of depressing lows. Everyone had just calmed down from the wall-to-wall Leicester-a-thon that engulfed the UK, and now the dust has settled, it's time to survey the damage. And not least to the house of Jamie Vardy, as he quite literally had a party with his teammates to celebrate their title win. I had the boys round at mine on the, the Monday night. The TV got broke. And, uh, <laughs> luckily that's been fixed now. Worth it. Worth it. Whoa! Leicester City may have squad spirit now, but they've broken the cardinal rule. They've damaged another man's TV. Bang out of order. Although, maybe that explains the appearance on eBay of jars of fresh air from the King Power Stadium. For just £30, you can own one litre of fresh air from the stadium in which Leicester City won their historic title. Quick, lads, we need to get Jamie a new telly. Let's have a whip round. Old Rosses, I've got a great idea. Other clubs should get in on this action. If Leicester City are selling fresh air, then maybe Arsenal could start selling the unmistakable smell of disappointment from the Emirates. And Newcastle 
they could sell some of the manure they've been producing this season. Yep, it's time to say goodbye to the Magpies as they became the most expensive team in Premier League history to be relegated. Having spent 80 million quid on new players this season and amassed 34 points, that's 2.3 million pounds per point, maths fans, the Northeast Club have proved that whilst you can win a title on oil money and do well in the Champions League on gas money, if you try and stay in the top division on end-of-the-line sportswear, cheap trainers and giant mugs money, it's only going to end in disaster. To make relegation even worse, the deed was done at the hands of arch-rivals Sunderland, with Sam Allardyce once again performing the great escape and ensuring survival. I'm pretty sure that Big Sam could have been the man to keep the Titanic up if he'd had the chance. Despite claiming that he'd bitten off more than he can chew when he took the job, Sam proved what we all know. He can chew a lot, and with one game to spare, kept the Black Cats in the Premier League. But what was it that inspired Sammy? Was it his large paycheck? Was it the challenge presented to him? Was it the prospect of more cake? No. It was the words of departing manager Dick Advocat, who said Sunderland weren't good enough to stay in the league. We proved it wrong, and I, you know, I've no criticism of Dick. The challenge for me was to tell the players, you know, that Dick had said he th felt they were going to get relegated as an extra little jolt for these lads. So let me get this right, Sam. You were motivated by Dick? Good. Sunderland up, Newcastle down, and next year we have to go through the whole of Christmas without seeing a chronically obese Geordie dancing in the snow with his top off like the world's most depressing strip club. Sad times. With the season all but over, it's time to get excited about the European Championships. And the hype is already building with the unveiling of the tournament's official anthem, written by David Guetta. And it's everything that I hoped it would be. isn't it? Really captures everything that's great about football. And you can just imagine, like three lions before it, the fans will be singing that all over the terraces in France this summer. All together now? Really, rousing stuff. Right, that's it for another episode of On The Left Side, but there's still loads more cups, finals and tournaments to go. So please make sure you hit subscribe and never miss an episode. Inspired by the West Ham faithful, I'm off to throw a can of lilt at the 192 bus into town because that's full time. Letters! Bye! Bye. Bye. Au revoir. Sur le côté gauche est produit par la peinture votre casque. C'est le spectacle alternatif de football. Et il a été écrit par deux idiots. Leurs noms sont Jim Salveson et Anthony Macaulay. Spare a thought for the RB Leipzig manager, Ralph Rannick. Leipzig. Leipzig. RB Leipzig manager, Ralph Rangnick. Leipzig. For RB Leipzig manager, Ralph Rangnick. Leipzig. RB... Here comes the lilt man. Lilt. Here comes the lilt.